Made Visible is a podcast that gives a voice to people with invisible illnesses. There's no blueprint about how to live with an invisible illness or how to be there for someone who has one. We're here to help people feel less alone as they strive to create a normal life and to create an awareness of how we can be supportive of people who seem fine but aren't. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Made Visible. I'm your host, Harper Spiro, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online counseling service that matches you with a licensed professional therapist. Today's guest is someone who I was connected with through a mutual friend. The first time we met, we sat in Washington Square Park talking for hours, and he even got me drinking bone broth for the first time and only time. Evan Golub was diagnosed with Lyme disease while working in finance and took his diagnosis, education, and desire to create community to launch WANA, We Are Not Alone. So welcome, Evan. Thank you. Thanks so for having me. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. So my name's Evan. I am originally from Westchester, New York. I worked in the finance industry for the last 13 years and recently quit to build a digital platform to connect people with various chronic and invisible conditions, which stem from my six-year battle with chronic illness. Amazing. And we will dig into that deeper, but let's talk a little bit about your health and your misdiagnoses from many different practitioners for many years. What were symptoms that you were dealing with that led you to start getting checked out? Sure. So January 2013, I woke up on a Sunday morning with a horrible case of vertigo. My entire apartment was spinning. I was actually throwing up all over my apartment for several days. I had friends staying over. My brother and his wife were staying over. It was a really scary time in my life. We didn't know what was going on. We thought I was having a stroke or a seizure. We didn't we weren't sure. Um, that led to four years of misdiagnosis across 30 practitioners, including ENTs, neurologists, vestibular therapists, cranial psychotherapists, allergists, acupuncturists, optometrists, ophthalmologists, and otolaryngologists. I was told that I had inner ear infections by most of the ENTs, and then the neurologists uh, labeled it as vestibular migraines. Both of those are really symptoms and not really root causes. Um, and then from there, I started seeing an integrative doctor or functional medicine practitioner who ended up testing me for Lyme's disease, which came back positive. And, and uh, so that was in February of 17. So it took me more than four years to get a proper diagnosis. So what were those few years like for you going to all these different practitioners and getting misdiagnosed or not diagnosed and looking for answers. Incredibly confusing, frustrating. You know, I felt all alone and really just wanted to understand why I was sort of dizzy almost every single day. So the vertigo subsided into what's called disequilibrium, which is sort of the feeling of uh, being on a boat, but you're not on a boat. And I really just couldn't understand why I wasn't stable. And I kept hearing that, oh, it's the inner ear infection and your vestibular system was disrupted and now your brain is sort of retraining to the new new environment and the new normal. Uh, and so I kind of believed that for roughly two years and then started seeing vestibular therapists who kind of retrain your brain and it wasn't getting better and it was going multiple times a week and seeing all sorts of practitioners during all of this. The funniest part is when I ended up getting diagnosed, I mentioned it to the uh, vestibular therapist and one of them turns around and she goes, it's so funny, the people who don't get better, it's always Lyme's disease. Oh. And I'm like, 
why didn't you mention this 18 months ago? Um, like so, she was willing to just continue treating you even though nothing yeah, was Yeah, and didn't even mention it. And by the way, all of my symptoms, like it's in NYU Langone, it's like bright fluorescent lights. When you have Lyme, you're typically sensitive to fluorescent lighting or bright lighting. I'd get more and more symptomatic. It was so obvious that like all my symptoms, the dizziness, et cetera, was sort of very apparent that it might have been Lyme. And yet she didn't want to reveal that earlier on. And yeah, I was just frustrated to answer your original question, the the four years of misdiagnosis. How did you decide to go to this functional doctor? Yeah, good question. So I ended up, um, it was right after I saw the chairman of neurology at Columbia, and he gave me this diagnosis for vestibular migraines. And I went back two weeks later, and I said, how does this make any sense? I never had a headache my whole life. I never took Advil. It was like my father. I didn't know what a headache was. And then all of a sudden, at 29 years old, I have a daily vestibular migraine that results in dizziness and balance loss and memory issues and cognitive impairment and light sensitivity. And he says, Evan, we don't understand the root cause, but you have what's called vestibular migraines. You should take these SSRIs, which for those that don't know are antidepressants. We're not saying you're depressed, but there's a high correlation between people who take these SSRIs and their dizziness subsides. And so I left there and I started taking them. Um, that one in particular was called Topamax. And about a week later, I start seeing a acupuncturist. And the first thing he says to me is, throw that shit in the garbage. He says, that is masking, it's putting your brain uh, into a straitjacket. You will never understand the root cause for your dizziness and other symptoms. You will then have new side effects from those pills. You'll need to be on new pills for the side effects from the original pills, and you'll be an annuity to the pharma companies. This is exactly what they want. So that's what I did. I threw it in the garbage and we ended up five sessions in. He said, listen, I can't figure you out, but I know who can. It's my mentor's mentor. He's a former brain surgeon and he now practices integrative medicine. Uh, so I walked into his office, 850 bucks to walk in. And I enter with a binder an inch thick with my blood work, MRIs, CAT scans, ENGs, VNGs, CD-ROMs of my MRIs, everything neatly organized. And um, that's when he was flipping through and he's like, this is incredible, but where's your Western blot? And I said, my what? And he said, your Western blot. And I said, uh, Dr. Asher, I'm sorry, but I, what the hell is a Western blot? And he said, it's a test for Lyme disease. And so anyway, I saw the frustration in his face because I'd been through roughly at that point over, it was almost four and a half years of seeing so many practitioners. And it, it, it was so obvious to him, I could tell 40% of his practice, he said, is Lyme. And he, he just sort of knew it. And then the test came back, uh, let's say, partially positive. What does partially positive mean? So the test is not actually testing for the bacteria itself. It's testing for your body's response to the bacteria. You can have 10 different positive antibodies. The CDC actually says you need five. I had three. And so he says, listen, you're actually CDC negative. However, half my business is Lyme. I know your symptoms. I know you've been sick for four years. You have Lyme disease. If you want to go see the head of infectious disease at NYU, go see Dr. Alan Pollack. So I sit with Pollack for three hours and he basically tells me, listen, the system's a little broken. Um, these rules haven't been rewritten since basically 1980, which was just after Lyme was discovered. They were originally written for clinical research purposes and not diagnostic purposes. You've got Lyme. And so that started, that was in February or March of 17, that started my my really, my journey uh, down 
the whole Lyme's disease, I don't want to say rabbit hole, but getting really smart. I've dedicated the last two plus years of my life to getting smart on the condition, the related autoimmune conditions, the natural and holistic ways to heal from them. And I've ended up building a community well over 100 Lyme buddies now who I've helped through their battles, uh, and which led me to building this digital platform to connect people with related chronic conditions. Which I can't wait to discuss. <laughs> you were misdiagnosed several times. Yes. So how did you recognize or trust the doctors that yep. said, okay, it is Lyme? Because, well, it, A, it made a lot of sense. This was also, a, I, I want to say, like a smarter practitioner, someone thinking outside the box, not just someone like a typical ENT that you go to. It was the same story over and over. They'd look inside my ear. They'd see inflammation. They'd give me another antibiotic. They'd look at the previous antibiotic that I was on that I was prescribed from another ENT, and they'd say, oh, that's the wrong antibiotic. We need to give you a more general antibiotic. We need to give you a stronger antibiotic. And I did this for several years. And it didn't make any sense to me while I was going through it. Well, what's causing these inner ear infections? Why do they keep coming back? Yes, they would go away and then come back two weeks later. And so there was obviously something else driving this. And so, and they didn't have answers. And then that's when a few years in, I started saying, maybe this is something with my brain. So I started seeing neurologists. And it was, it was the same sort of story, but just not inner ear infections. And it was vestibular migraines. And I was super happy when I heard that. I was like, yes, I figured this out. This is great. Now all I have to do is probably take these Western meds and my vestibular migraines go away. But it was kind of a similar story with that too. And those Western meds, I, you know, I'm not a fan of those. And they're kind of band-aids that create new issues. And I just wasn't willing to do it. So I took maybe a Fexer for a week or two and Topomax for a week or two. And both times I was introduced to kind of more natural uh, ways to heal and whether they were practitioners or treatments and basically just didn't take them because I don't want to take those types of pills for the rest of my life. And I, I just think Western medicine isn't really the answer. I don't have a deficiency in Topomax you know, what, why am I taking this? Well, it's interesting because when I think about the first time we ever met, it was so clear that like this title, whether you like titles or not, that really stood out to me about you was being a patient advocate and an advocate for yourself and for other people. And so I wonder how you decided that taking this approach to the holistic route was the one that was right for you. Because the practitioners who told me about it were the smartest and and uh, as I said before, thinking outside the box and actually looking for the root cause. So functional medicine looks at the body holistically, and those practitioners understand that different organs and different areas of the body impact each other, and also that lifestyle is a big part of this. So sleep and exercise and meditation and mindfulness and all these things that play a role in our life and our health are part of the equation versus a Western medical doctor is usually focused on a, an acute area and you know they typically just prescribe a pill that's been known to to help with those symptoms and you know you have to take it for the rest of your life and the immune system is incredibly powerful uh and will heal you just need to give it the right sort of tools and mechanisms to do so so what are the symptoms that you've dealt with since you received that sort of confirmed diagnosis well, I've been dealing with the symptoms for over six years um, since the diagnosis. I mean, the symptoms have been similar, but 
Yeah, the, the largest were for a while, and I, I don't deal with this anymore, it was dizziness. But light sensitivity has been a very big one. Um, I wear sort of blue blocking glasses to when I'm looking at my phone or computer monitors, et cetera. Shout out to Felix Gray. Yeah, got to get your <laughs> Felix Grays. They're amazing. They're incredible. I love them. Um, super stylish too. <laughs> so yeah, I would say light sensitivity, You know, definitely migraines, uh, memory issues, cognitive impairment. Oh, man. It's a long list. <laughs> and so what are the things that you have changed lifestyle-wise since receiving this diagnosis? Oh, man. I thought I was healthy a long time ago. It's not even, com I, you know, looking back at what I used to eat versus what I eat now. You know, I'm grain-free, dairy-free, gluten-free. Um, I used to think I eat clean. I mean, it wasn't even remotely clean what I was eating. And from an exercise perspective, I kind of pivoted away from the gym and more heavy lifting uh, and high intensity stuff to more yoga, which, you know, is helpful for both the body and the mind and particularly hot yoga because a lot of sweating and detox. I go to a studio called Y7, shout out to Y7, that uses infrared heat and that is extremely detoxifying. It's actually 700% more detoxifying than a normal sauna. And so that was really helpful because it's not just Lyme's disease. Lyme overlaps with so many different conditions. And what Lyme does, it actually ends up shutting down uh, your detoxification system because it suppresses your immune system, especially if you have certain genetic makeup, like I have the MTHFR gene, which means you don't methylate well, which means, again, you don't detox. And so you build up things like heavy metals and parasites and all these kind of weird things that we never want to think we have in our body, but we do. And so the infrared heat at Y7, which I was doing you know, probably five times a week, was extremely detoxifying and definitely uh, very instrumental in my healing process. That's huge. And it's amazing that you found these different things that are super valuable for you in realizing that you feel better from taking and doing these things. So you haven't taken any drugs in years? No. Yeah, no drugs, all natural supplements. And it's a long list of stuff. So... Um... Like, how about what you did last week when I saw you? Oh, I did some combo treatment. Yeah. I've been wanting to do combo for a while, and I just found a practitioner in New York. Yeah, what it's wild. So combo is, uh, the process is they burn little holes into your skin, and they put frog poison on them. And you basically are essentially lightly poisoning yourself. And that forces a tremendous amount of toxins out of your body, and you end up purging and sort of out of both ends, <laughs> um, but you excrete an immense amount of toxins. And so I actually purged out bright yellow. They can they say, depending on the color, you can tell where the toxins are coming from. So mine was like Gatorade yellow. So it means a lot of toxins were coming from my liver. Um, a girl who went after me was purging green. So it means it's coming from her gallbladder. And there's sort of all these different colors and, and uh, takeaways from, from that. But it's a wild <laughs> process. And uh, I did it twice last week. You're supposed to do it kind of three times in the beginning. And I couldn't do it yesterday. And she left. She went back to LA. But I plan to do it once she's back in New York. Again. And how do you decide when it's something that you want to explore or not? Are you open to all of it? Is nothing too out there? To anything and everything. Uh, I consider myself a little bit of like a biohacker, always trying the next thing, the next supplement, the next device. I bought an amp coil. I, you know, every week I buy new supplements. I'm always testing and sort of using my body as like a little bit of an experiment. And so when you were diagnosed and going through this whole misdiagnosis period of time, you were working in the hedge fund industry. 
What was it like managing your health in that time? So not great. Um, about seven plus years ago, I worked at a very stressful fund. And I think that actually helped create my sickness. I was extremely stressed working roughly 24 hours a day. I mean, it was nonstop on the trading desk at 7.30 in the morning and then trading through Asia hours and up all night. And it, it was really, really intense. Um, and then landed at sort of a, a different hedge fund that had a more laid back approach. And I still worked hard, but it was a lot easier. And they were also more understanding of my condition. And I actually ended up working from home for six months. And so was still performing at a high level, but it was in a more relaxed environment where I was comfortable. I was outside of the office. I think the office environment is very taxing on the immune system generally. You've got um, you know, multiple computer monitors emitting EMF. You've got fluorescent lights and, and artificial blue light. You've got fluorescent lights doing the same. You've got routers emitting Wi-Fi and other forms of EMF. And most people in my community, both the Lyme and autoimmune community, are getting sicker and more symptomatic at work. And so much so that I was tracking my symptoms in Excel uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And I noticed I was getting sicker throughout the day and throughout the week, meaning Friday night would be my worst point and then Monday morning would be my best. And so I kind of said, hmm, maybe it's environmental. Maybe it's, you know, the first thing you say, oh, it's stress from work. But I really wasn't stressed and I enjoyed my job. But it really ended up becoming environmental in the sense of all this EMF and man-made frequencies uh, does not sit well with people, not just with Lyme, but also mold toxicity, which I have. So mold actually triggered my Lyme. Um, I was bit as a child and you can actually live with Borrelia burgdorferi, which is the Lyme bacteria. You can live with it and not create an inflammatory response to it. But then I moved into the city and I had a mold situation in my first apartment that's really when my health started going downhill. I got a strange skin rash and I got this and I got that and I couldn't explain any of it. Um, and then a couple years later, it just kind of compounded and got worse and worse. And then that was that Sunday morning when I woke up and my apartment was spinning. And that's really what set my real health journey off. Yeah, I mean, the environmental thing is so huge for so many different invisible illnesses. I know I can totally relate on that one. Um, you mentioned Lyme Buddies, which yes. I feel like I've heard you say so many times, but would love you to share what it means and like where this came about that you just started connecting with people with Lyme disease. So it started with, I actually took a girl out on a date um, off the dating app Hinge, little shout out to them. <laughs> And this is like, work out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, well, it did in a different way. That's true. Um, this was about two and a half years ago before I was diagnosed with Lyme. And I mentioned that I had vertigo and dizziness. And we talked about health for a few hours and, and we sort of went our separate ways. Four months later, I get a text from her, Nicole. Hey, Ev, sorry to bother you. I just got back from Thailand and I have vertigo. I don't know who to talk to. Can you help me? Support for this podcast and the following message comes from BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P, an online counseling service that matches you with a licensed professional therapist. No matter where you are in the world, BetterHelp lets you schedule video and phone sessions with your therapist or even text them. Not only is it convenient, but it's also affordable. BetterHelp's therapists specialize in many different issues from depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, self-esteem, and more. 
I've talked with many guests about the importance of therapy, and it's something I believe everyone can benefit from. It's so valuable to be able to talk to someone with an informed outsider's perspective. With BetterHelp, you can have these conversations at your own pace through a secure online platform and with a counselor you love and who gets you. It's not self-help, it's BetterHelp. Made Visible listeners can get 10% off their first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com backslash made visible and entering promo code made visible. That's better com slash made visible. And now back to the show. So I said, of course, call me. So I'm on the phone with her. I'm helping her. I end up going over to her apartment and she was like me four years ago. She's like throwing up everywhere. She has crazy vertigo. She can't stand up. And I'm like, listen, you need to see this practitioner, that practitioner. We need to get you on meclizine for the nausea. And she's like, you're literally sent from God. Like, I don't know what I would do without you. Two weeks later is when I end up seeing that integrative doctor and I get a diagnosis for Lyme. So I go back to Nicole and I'm like, hey, by the way, it took me four years to figure this out, but maybe you should get tested for Lyme. She comes back with a few positive antibodies. She has Lyme. So Nicole and I became Lyme buddies and promised to help get each other better. And we ended up building a much larger community of Lyme buddies that are now, like some of them are almost best friends. I mean, we talk to these people every single day, especially on Wana, but also off of Wana. And um, Nicole has you know, had multiple vacations with some of these Lyme buddies, et cetera. And it's been beautiful creating this little community of people who, you know, understand each other and what we're going through. Yeah, there's such value in being able to share this and be able to, as you said, you know, feel the community aspect of going through something that's not so fun, but people that can relate to it. So let's dig into Wana. What is it? What made you do this? And how is it different from all the other platforms out there? Sure. So WANA is a digital platform that connects people by diagnosis, symptom, and also treatments, and also by distance. We are a community where you can find people going through what you're going through. And we are also an information-rich resource that sort of suggests or makes available natural treatment information, supplements, diets, practitioners, everything. We're kind of building the one-stop shop. Um, We're also building out what's called a library section. So for every single diagnosis, symptom, or treatment, we're building out top books, podcasts, YouTube videos related to those conditions. I want to eventually build a want a coach platform where you can dial in and and basically talk to, uh, you know, a coach or an expert who has your condition. You know, I've helped probably 150 people with their Lyme battles like that, that could be someone's career that should be uh, like available. What's not helpful is actually talking to a Western medical doctor who doesn't understand your condition or who has never had it. What is helpful when it comes to chronic illness is actually talking to someone who's been through the battle and is sort of an expert. And so that's a little bit about Wana. Is it only for people who are interested in complementary medicine? You can post about the Western medicine. We just don't have a tremendous amount of information behind it yet. We can break into that, but part of WANA and our ethos and our mission is really bringing more natural sort of functional approaches uh, to healing because, you know, I think the body can heal itself. You just need to give it some sort of natural boost sometimes. So who do you think that this platform is for and who is it not for? I think it's for anyone who is facing a chronic or invisible condition. Uh, And that feels like they're not being heard or they're misunderstood. 
And there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of modern illnesses that are not well understood by Western medicine. You know, if you have cancer or arthritis or heart disease, you've got a pretty good uh, healthcare system. If you have fibromyalgia or Crohn's or Lyme, um, endometriosis, PCOS, a lot of these newer invisible conditions, you don't really have a great support system. And a lot of doctors tell you, you look fine, you look great, it's in your head. And so I think that's kind of the community we're reaching out to. And we're, we're seeing great feedback. So just to give a little background, we're beta testing the second version of the product right now. It's a closed beta test. We've got 65 people with Lyme disease and a few other autoimmune conditions on it. And the engagement has been uh, extraordinary. People are posting in the feed every single day. There's been, we've had 1,250 messages sent in the last month. I mean, there's really high engagement. We've also performed a tremendous amount of research in the market, uh, researching all the most popular chronic and invisible conditions, who our customer is, who these people are, what they follow, how we're going to reach them, average age, income, all this type of stuff. And we've also interviewed a tremendous amount of people with invisible conditions. And what we've realized is, and we've also like demoed them the platform, is that this is very much needed. And this community is highly engaged. And so there just needs to be a platform. Like I noticed it myself. I had all these line buddies and we had so many different text message threads and emails and phone calls and voice notes and none of this data. It was all super valuable, but none of it's being aggregated. So what if you can actually all centralize it into one database and now you can actually analyze it the same way Spotify analyzes your you know, music patterns. We can analyze health information and actually come up with some pretty cool data around that. I love the Spotify analogy. It makes Thanks. so much sense. So what if somebody doesn't have a diagnosis yet or has been misdiagnosed? Is coming to WANA going to be helpful for them? A hundred percent because we're actually matching people based on symptoms as well. And so think about me four years ago or six years ago entering the platform when I had vertigo. Maybe I would have also been matching up with people who had been diagnosed with Lyme. And maybe that would have saved me four years. So we are a great platform for people who haven't been given a proper diagnosis and are just looking up symptoms. What's your goal with it? Wow, great question. I want to be the platform and brand that stands for being proud of your illness and your disease or your imperfection. And uh, I think WANA is the one-stop shop for information, community, product, and really just having a brand that stands for being proud of your chronic illness. Love that. I've seen the beta version of it, and it's so incredible. And truly, nothing out there that I've seen is like it. So it's really oh, special. Thank you. What are some of the stigmas attached to Lyme that you have found people are walking around with? Oh, man. There's so many. So Lyme is really tricky because it's not just Borrelia burgdorferi, which is the actual Lyme bacteria. There's over 100 co-infections. So there's Ehrlichia, Mycoplasma, Borrelia. There's literally over 100. They all cause different symptoms. And so that's why there's so much misdiagnosis around Lyme. And so people feel incredibly like, you, you know, they, they've been sort of screwed by the healthcare system um, because you know, and by the way, insurance doesn't really cover it. They only cover a couple of weeks of doxycycline, which if you've been bit recently and it's acute, 
is a great solution. But if it's not acute and it's been chronic, the uh, bacteria embeds itself inside your cells and this becomes a much more difficult. The antibiotics can't actually get to the bacteria, can't break what's called a biofilm, which is where it hides. It creates a biofilm around itself. So it's super smart. Um, and it also comes out at certain times when your immune system suppressed and then it goes back in and it's, it's a tricky one. So there's so much stigma around it because there's so much confusion and like, you know, the parents don't understand, the children don't understand, the doctors don't understand. There's also a tremendous amount of sort of, let's just say political bullshit between the insurance companies, the pharma companies, um, the medical boards, the CDC. And yeah, there's actually a, docu a great documentary being filmed about this right now uh, that's being kept sort of under the scenes, but it's potentially going to reveal a lot of what's been going on for the last 30 years. That should be interesting. Yeah, totally. So what do you wish people would know about Lyme disease? I wish doctors knew to actually think about it and not sweep it under the rug. And then I also wish people were more aware of the wide array of symptoms that it can cause. It's not just joint pain. It's not just chronic fatigue, which are probably the two most common. I have no joint pain but I have incredible what's called neurological Lyme. I have a co-infection called Babesia, which sits in your brain. And so my symptoms were totally different, but it still falls within the Lyme category. And so I wish people were just more knowledgeable if they have brain fog and light sensitivity and migraines, that it could be Lyme and that you don't have to have like joint pain and be sitting in bed all day to have Lyme. And so I wish there was just more education and awareness around the disease itself. And then also from the practitioner side, I wish they were a little bit more forthcoming or proactive in testing and diagnostics. So if someone listening to this was recently diagnosed with Lyme disease, what would you say the first thing to do is? It all depends on your symptoms, how long ago you think you were bitten, um, whether or not you like Western medicine or Eastern, because I meet some people that only want to deal with Western medical doctors. And I deal with some people that don't want to deal with Western medical doctors and only want to talk to functional medicine doctors. So it, it, it's so situational. I don't think there's a universal answer. Um, and that's why when I meet someone or I get introduced to someone, which is almost every day now with Lyme, it can be like a two hour conversation initially, because we need to run through all of that. And uh, and where I'm going to guide them or point them is all based on all of the above. Yeah. And I think the big thing is being an advocate for yourself, as we acknowledged earlier, and recognizing what's best for you is not necessarily what's best for other people. Absolutely right. So how do you balance running this new business and managing your health? It's a good question. Um yeah, I mean, I definitely take time to, you know, do some IV therapy and treatments and doctor visits. And I'm always, it, it's also not just for my health, but it's also R&D for WANA. And so I would say once a week, I'm at a doctor's office, at a new doctor's office, um, or trying a new treatment or researching supplements or trying that, you know, I mean, it's it's constant, um, but it's both for myself and for WANA. And so it's kind of mutually beneficial. And my business partner is not as healthy as I am right now, unfortunately. She's actually at a healing institute in Naples, Florida. And uh, Knockwood, she comes out uh, you know, much improved on the other side. She's down there for a few weeks getting IV therapies every day and all sorts of hands-on treatment. And so like, we give her the space to do what she needs to do. She's still super innovative and comes up with a thousand ideas and, and we're building some stuff that she just thought of a few weeks ago now. And yeah, we've got a flexible 
policy and anyone we hire, we've actually, we have a bunch of people consulting for us who are actually part of this community. So one girl was laid off from her job. She's been consulting for us pretty much full time for the last four months. And so, and she's incredibly grateful uh, to be working on Wana and working with us. And so, and we give her complete flexibility. Um, if she doesn't want to work some days, that's great. As long as she sort of eventually gets things done that we ask. So we're, we're pretty flexible about kind of health and work. I'm sure that's appreciated as a employee because I think about when I was working for other people and dealing with my health issues and working for some bosses that were compassionate and others who were not. I think it's such an important thing. And if you haven't personally been there, it's hard for you to understand and relate to be able to navigate, you know, how to give somebody the space that they need. Yeah. That's absolutely right. So where can people learn more about you and obviously the launch of WANA? So you can go to our URL is joinwana, J-O-I-N-W-A-N-A.com. Um, you can put your email in for right now. We will be launching this summer, let's call it. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We've got a lot coming. We're kind of staying below the radar. I want to operate kind of in stealth mode right now as we have been. But yeah, you'll we'll be coming to you soon. Can't wait. It's going to be really amazing. So make sure you check it out. We'll be sure to include the link in show notes. And thank you, my dear, for having this conversation with me. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into Made Visible. We hope you learned about something new today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. We can't do this without your support. Visit madevisiblepodcast.com. Follow Made Visible Podcast on Instagram. Special thanks to the team who made this possible. Elise Bonebright, the audio editor. Gemma Leghorn, the assistant producer. Dylan Chenfeld for the intro music. And Krista Gray for the logo and design concepts. <laughs>